Jimmy Lewis, and this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, the dirt bike podcast where we talk about motorcycle and motorcycle-related products. For episode number 45 of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, we get into some good questions. We got Logan and George, spelled Jorge, in studio. We introduce Logan's moment of silence, I think. We're making... Tech Talk Taco Tuesday into a reliable podcast, which actually might be true if you're listening to this right now. And we also talk about what tires Jimmy likes to run on his bikes. So you never know what we're going to get into, but you're going to find out. The show is brought to you by Climb has been with this show since the beginning, and I really appreciate that. What I like even better is that the gear is super awesome. I've been wearing it since the beginning. Uh, it's evolved a bunch. It's very durable, um, really good fitting. They have features on their gear that are pretty much uh, industry leading. And I appreciate that because that's what I wear when I get to do fun stuff and I'm comfortable and I like almost everything that they make. So if you are looking for a change of gear or you're looking for the best gear, I think uh, you won't be disappointed by trying climb. So give them a look. Along with DDC Racing, that's Delaney Drive Components. They're makers of very strong, durable, chromoly, chrome-plated sprockets. If you've seen these things, they look like Swiss cheese. They're super light for a steel sprocket. They last forever. They come with a one-year warranty, and they are built by riders who really care about keeping riding areas open. So if you're interested in some good drive systems parts, Check out ddcracing.net. That's Delaney Drive Components. Also, Taco Moto. So you've heard us talk about Taco Mike on the show. He's been a guest host a few times. Taco Moto Co., that's how you find him on the web, sells a lot of the kind of cool and unique tuning products that you need to get your emissions-compliant bike running up to snuff. So if you have questions, he has answers, and he can also sell you the stuff. So if we can't answer the question here which we hope we can. Maybe he can answer the question over there, and he can also sell you the parts that you might need to get your especially KTM or Husky dual sport bike uh, running like a champ. Anyways, it's tacomoto.co. Now, here's the show. Tech Talk Taco Tuesday is coming to you live from Pahrump, Nevada. We're at the Dirt Pike Test headquarters, our compound here that now includes a flat track, as you can see. Hey, Logan, I know this is kind of inappropriate to ask a, you know, 14-year-old boy, but what are you wearing? Um, shirt? Or? No, on your feet. Boots. Yeah, you didn't even get a chance to take your boots off, did you? No. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how we do it here. We, we ride, and then we roll right into the podcasting uh, studio. Um, or it's actually video right now, and you're so unfortunate to have to look at us um, while we're doing the show. But uh, I'm going to pass this down over to George right past Logan because he's not allowed to have any of this. You need a water, Logan? Are you dehydrated? Here's water. Here's this. And George, you get, oh, you got your own glass? You can put some in mine. Um, so this is the show where we eat tacos. We talk about dirt bikes and dirt bike-related problems. You, you, the viewer, um, if you're watching live, you get to ask us questions. We can answer about 9 out of 10 without referring to a reference manual. Um, I am sitting here with my uh, co-hosts tonight. Um, 
Logan the Talker and uh, George. It's spelled Jorge. And uh, he's the one that's generally in. That's a big pour. This isn't. This isn't beer. This is tequila, my friend. Um, oh, I'm well aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> I told some guys at Romero's. They said, "What's on the show tonight?" You know, trying to get the secret intel because you know, oh, there's was been it, some teasers. Was it the guys from last week? Was it? Was it? Um, yeah, yeah. Was it Hans and and, uh, and Wyoming Wayne? I can't remember names. I'm worse than you. Okay. And uh, I said I'm going to get back, try and get Jimmy in the bag, and we'll make this fun. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm a professional, George. Uh, so we answer most of the questions that are uh, brought to us and um, try to help you out. If you're not watching live, if you comment on this video. When it's on YouTube, uh, you can uh, ask questions there. We sometimes give out our call-in number. I might do it halfway through the show if there's some uh, need for it. If someone has a really detailed question, they want to call in and ask us. Um, But we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a few sponsors that we have. Um, And by sponsors, I mean partners because uh, we're not racers, so we we partner with these companies. Uh, First is uh, DDC Sprockets. Delaney drive components. You want to hold one of those up, George? Yeah. So don't drop it on your keyboard. It'll do damage. These are very, very nice sprockets. They're the ones that I use on my bikes and my rental bikes. And uh, they're Swiss cheese-like. They look good. Um, Nate Delaney is very proactive in the off-road land use uh, community. And that's good with me, too, because I am as well. So if you want a good sprocket, um, check out DDC. And I heard that if you use the promo code TECHTALK, you might get some discounts. Uh, on the sprockets so um, you heard it here first Uh, I'd also like to thank Kate's Bars for helping us out and also Climb Uh, Kate's Real Food these are both kind of Idaho companies Um, uh, I survive off of Kate's Bars because my my eating habits include pizza, tacos and Kate's Bars and uh, best trail food you can get and Climb makes very good motorcycle riding gear uh, everybody knows that. So, yeah, maybe I'll have discount, discount codes for those. Actually, if you email me, email me. You've got to figure out how to do that, so you have to do a little bit of work. Then I can give you a, a discount code for Kate's uh, bars, and you will then get addicted to them, and you'll have really good trail food that's healthy and made by a super fun chick that rides dirt bikes. So that's what you need to know. Is that all, is that all I need to know, George? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Should I? You know, what, I, tell us about those things you were giving out of swag this last week. Oh, the neck, the neck yeah. warmer thing. Those look pretty cool. I didn't. Those are. One. So, um, I wish I had one handy uh, to show you. If I was better, if I was not riding around like ten minutes before the show, I would show you one. You know where to find one, Jim. Yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Somebody's gonna go dig one up. Um, so the. Uh, the neck warmer is like it's like a sleeve it's like a baklava so it's like a tube and you slide over your neck and so if it's cold you just have it you know hanging around your neck and if it gets really cold you pull it up over your mouth and if you don't have this nice beard like i do like logan one of these days you know um Did yeah you get one logan you no. didn't get one we didn't give we didn't give him to see the how help. see how you roll jimmy <laughs> <laughs> you probably didn't ask so uh but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it just keeps you keeps you warm when the, when it's cold out, and then you can use it like a hat if you're a bald dude like me. You can like pull it over your head and use it like a hat. It almost looks like is it sort of an insulated buff? It's an insulated kind of buff thing, but yeah, it's, it looks it's pretty a climb cool. one. It's better than a buff. 
Actually, they make those light ones, too, for, like, more deserty conditions. Like, if you're going to pull it up in the, when there's a sandstorm. This one will work like a sandstorm cover, too. I, I run them most of the year, really. I always have one in my pouch, in my uh, my backpack. So, good good piece of equipment. Actually, the, I think they're, like, 19 bucks, And once you use it a couple times, you know, like, you really use it, it keeps you warm or it keeps the sun off your dome. Um, best 20 bucks uh, you've probably spent in a piece of riding gear in a long time. So... Yeah, I was I was gonna say, should I apologize to everybody I'm gonna offend after I drink this right now? Everybody's sorry. I'll, I'll probably <laughs> be sorry because I don't have much of a filter either. <laughs> so, and I don't even know anything. So, yeah, well, yeah, you you just prod me all the time. So, uh, uh, by the way, thanks, Gabe, for uh, getting our slideshow up and telling me to turn the soundboard on. That's why when you guys all turned on earlier and I there was the feed was going and I had to turn it off because I thought I had to reset something and it was called the turn the switch on the soundboard and then gabe did a really good job of getting our two shows that we did last week we did number 43 44 44 last week this is 45 and we did another one on the tour of idaho so if you have questions about the tour of idaho um that one was being uploaded we had to shut it down to start this show because we didn't want to plug up the internets here break the internets so um yeah, that's that's all I have. So what how are we, how are we going to start this off, George? Uh, why don't we why don't we answer the people that took the time to write in and everything and that'll help encourage them to give us questions. Right. Get so that out of the way so right you away. you you know you know why uh, Logan's my favorite co-host, right? Yeah, because he, he speaks he's so well spoken. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't interrupt <laughs> me like you do. And uh, but it's important right now, Logan, you know, remember when it's important for you to talk? Remember? Tell everybody when you're supposed to talk. When they start drinking. Or drinking, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's when it's time to take a sip. Yeah, then, then so we don't have any of that dead air time. So this is that climb uh, neck neck warmer, neck sleeve. That uh, it's the climb neck warmer. It's right here. I'm holding it up. It's a it's a nice tube. And actually, this one is special because it has our logo from this riding school that I do. It's probably not a very good riding school. Um, because I teach it, but uh, um, yeah, Climb was nice enough. They support me at the riding school quite a bit because I go through a lot of gear there, and these are kind of giveaways that we have for those. So yeah, comes comes in. That's one's in a bag. You know, it's in a nice little bag. So thanks, Jim, for bringing that over here. Um, I should probably see if somebody wants to win one. I should probably start a contest without actually having a contest, right? But that would require me actually doing work instead of riding and that's like me sending t-shirts out i need a janitor here well actually i should be the janitor and logan you should do all the important stuff like sending out shirts and then when people win contests you can send the stuff gabe used to do it but he's like way above that pay grade now right actually i i'll tell you what the only reason gabe's sitting here right now is because i owe him money i've got you know all the, all the tip money I haven't given it to him yet from this weekend. Haven't wrote him his check. Nothing. I got to write you a check too, by the way. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Let's start with the the, the first uh, question. Vet rider. Vet rider said, um, "Counterbalance versus non-counterbalance two strokes. Your thoughts, please." I like counterbalance. <laughs> Less vibration and smoother power delivery. And it adds some uh, flywheel type effect that doesn't act like a really heavy flywheel. I've, I mean, in 
even on 125s, I ran heavier flywheels, but there was a point where on bigger two strokes, you actually felt the flywheel. The 125, I didn't because I kept that thing singing. I mean, it was, it was, it was open. And, uh, but on the, the bigger two strokes, when they kind of get kind of chuggy, chuggy and real low end, the flywheel can make it as much as it kind of keeps the engine running. It can make it a little bit sluggish, but I've done things like, um, uh, weighted, uh, um, uh, going from an aluminum uh, clutch to a steel clutch because they used to have aluminum clutch plates or, or the drive plates inside there, uh, and then and then but having the counterbalance in there kind of adds uh, a little bit of inertia and seems like without too much of a penalty, um, seems like it works pretty good. So, I mean, it's kind of going the same speed as the as the flywheel, but maybe it's like a different. It's not as uh, maybe not as big because they are kind of small, really. But, uh, yeah, um, I think once you ride a counterbalanced two-stroke, you won't want to ride one without it, I think. We have a question from the peanut gallery. It, the counterbalancing also helps the, the life of the crank. The, the case helps the life of the crank. And the case bores where the crank goes through. Okay. It takes part of that. Yeah, yeah maybe. I mean, it could. I mean... Is you, well, I mean, generally, like on, on automotive engines, stuff that's designed a lot, uh, long time is multi-cylinder, and they're trying to fire them in ways that doesn't produce that single-cylinder kind of uh, thing. But, um, yeah, four-strokes are mostly counterbalanced, almost all of them. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, I know on some of the, ra some of the race, race motors... Um, on some of the race motors, they used to take them out or lighten them quite a bit just for throttle response and things like that. But then they were also being rebuilt, um, yeah, to make it work. So, okay, uh, what does Eric and Katie Garrett ask? Can Vasco flex bars make a noticeable difference on, in arm fatigue? Just acquired an 08. KTM 300 XC. Non-counterbalanced, by the way. And trying to decide <laughs> if the bars are worth $350 to me. Um, well, it depends on what $350 means to you. <laughs> so uh, everything everything has a price. But um, So uh, reduce fatigue, um, arm fatigue. So I have bad wrists. I, I basically had career-ending wrist injuries. And the flex bars are, you know, when I'm riding, you know, off-road or motocross, if I want to ride tomorrow, I need to run the flex handlebars or my wrists will hurt enough to where I won't, um, where I won't go riding tomorrow. <laughs> so for me, yes. And uh, that's, that's, you know, when you start amortizing it over time, you know, that, you know, 350 bucks over the fact that the very first pair of flex handlebars that I ever got in an intro back in, uh, you got to ask Cole, actually we did it. We did a tech talk with Cole quite a few, um, at, at fast company not too long ago. And he reminded me about how long those bars have been on my bike. So I've never been a set. And uh, I have them on a lot of bikes, and I've done a lot of tip-overs and crashes with them. So they're good, strong uh, handlebars, and so how you, you know, you can set them up a lot of different ways. So I, I would think, uh, yeah, they can definitely, for me, they definitely make a difference in fatigue. And he, so. You've got a lot of those in your rentals, right? I have them. Most of the rental mm -hmm. bikes have them on yeah. as well. And what would it take for to try one on a rental bike? 
Oh, you're trying to get me to tell people to come to my class? No, I'll say it. Come to his class and try it out, and maybe maybe some of your fatigue, something. And then, uh, then we you'll can get, work on. Then you'll get one of those neck warmers with a little diamond logo on it. It's actually pretty cool. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Next question, Logan. What does Tom Duncan want to know? Any more news on the 450L rally after Ricky's win? So he's asking about Honda making a rally version of a Sierra 450L because Ricky Brabeck won the Dakar. Like basically last week, no, no news at all. I don't, I don't think those two are really too interconnected. Um, I kind of suspect that they they're going to do that at some point. I think so, but I don't know. I haven't there's no indication um, that they're that they will. Um, you should just buy a 250 and pretend like you're Ricky. Gabe did. Gabe took our 250 uh, rally L rally CRF 250 L rally and. He went. He went all Ricky Berry back out in the desert. He said. He said tried to. <laughs> so that's kind of a com- you know I got when I got it away from him. That's kind of a comfy bike. I like it. I mean, it's nothing it's, wrong with it to me. We, we we Gabe and I sat down and actually did a podcast, a test podcast. That um, uh, pretty soon he's going to work on that too, right? Yeah, he gave me a thumbs up. So we're going to have that test on that bike up. Um, sometime soon and that will be a real podcast that will be the dirt bike test podcast because that's what it is it's a dirt bike test so uh yeah that's that's coming that's in the works um so those are the questions we got off of the um, post we made today that's usually where we grab our first ones from and i'm going to go into the form right now and dig around and then we're going to get to the ones that were on the youtube videos so as we scroll down here um such abuse for the kids oh thanks mark <laughs> he also commented that that's how you really pour a glass of tequila mm. which i i like i like just little tiny bits i like sipping it you I mean, know you're abusing the kids and i'm the one i'm the one with a broken rib do you really have a broken rib yeah you're pretty sure yeah was that from today or yesterday today on the mini bike on the 50. that was a horrific get off it's all on video you know it's titled like George's belly flop. I think that's what I titled it if you want to. And it's George spelled J-O-R-G-E, which is kind of strange. I, I that's, DNF'd. That's didn't make Mexico for George. So You did. <laughs> well, you, you just were happy to sit around and comment on it. But I told you that thing was dangerous, right? He, you did it on a 50. He did it on, the, he did it on a little XR50. Yeah. yeah. That thing I just dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> And you were trying to pass me when it happened, right? No, I was way behind you. <laughs> I was way, way behind you. I was trying to stay away, but it was kind of funny. So um, let's see. Steve Conklin says the light ones can be dunked in water, worn around the neck as an evaporative cooler. He's talking about the uh, the baklava kind of thing that we talked about at the beginning of the show. So... And, geez, my Facebook is blowing up <laughs> with weird stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, what other questions do we have here? Uh, Sam, see oh, Sam, see, San Felipe Bob's trying to pit my class. Taking his class is the best way to ride with him. <laughs> his trail rides are like KOM from uh, dawn past dusk. Right. Okay. Uh, Todd Kelly. 
Hey, Jimmy, how far out do you adjust your axle blocks? Um, do some bikes benefit from the blocks being far back versus up close? Does it affect the geometry as much as raising or lower the lowering the forks in the triple tree? It's kind of the... Uh, it's different because you know where the bike's pivoting and how the swing arm works um where do i run them i it if if the bike is just a normal bike let's just say any any bike that i've had in the last five years that i've tested i have not felt the need to run them very far forward or very far back that's not to say that the manufacturers didn't suggest hey i think we should run this you know far back or in one case i know on one of our test bikes they even went to the effort to add an extra link to the chain so they could run them could run the wheels uh back farther uh so it 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 can and does make a difference it's kind of the same thing in reality as as uh moving the forks up and down in the clamps but it's it acts different on the rear shock i mean so i like i said i'm not if 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 I want to change the handling character and that's, that's one option. Generally the forks are so easy to slide up and down. That's the, that's the first go-to. I would use that as my first step. If I wanted it to have more weight on the front wheel or, you know, wanted more stability, I would move up in the forks. But if I couldn't get what I wanted that way or it, you know, then there's always the option to move it around. But a lot of times that comes with changing, having to change the gearing or, you know, getting a new chain, a new longer chain or breaking a link out of the chain and making it shorter. Um, but I could see if you were doing more tight technical stuff, you might want it to be, you know, farther forward. You know, in other words, kind of shortening the wheelbase. And if you're doing more desert stuff, maybe you'd want it back. That would be the kind of classic things. But um, I don't think it's as uh, as uh, picky as, um, you know, in the old days, there were definitely bikes that you would do that kind of stuff on. So, uh, Todd, hopefully that uh, answers your question. But it it, it does – it. I, I think that the forks are – probably you feel it twice as much i mean i'm just in you know for the for the amount of movement you know when you move the when you move the forks like three millimeters five millimeters in the in the clamps you will feel that and it would take you know probably five to ten in the in the rear axle before you're going to notice it all that much so yeah um, how many chain teeth or sprocket teeth is flipping over that thing on the KTM. On the KTMs, it's two. KTMs and Huskies, it's two to the back. It's two on the rear. Yep, yep. So um, everybody wants me to explain donkey bone. <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, I was on some of my posts. I talked about it. Like when Ricky, I, if you want to follow a funny story, follow Ricky Brabeck's. Uh, Instagram stories. I I don't really follow them follow too much, but I would just kind of keeping tabs on them. And like on the Dakar, they were they were hilarious. And he was always filming. You know, like generally he was, you know, waking up in the morning, waking up his motorhome buddy Nacho uh, and Johnny cooking them breakfast. And there was something about there. But when they would go to dinner each night, and I remember this from when I was at dinner. You you're like literally. You're scared walking up to the dinner line and wondering what you're going to get. And one day he kind of kind of ran his phone around his plate and he kind of he kind of it was he was being real careful about it and moving it around. And he kind of went through the, the soup and the, the, the vegetables or whatever it was and the, the, the pasta kind of thing. And then he kind of moved it over to this kind of looked like a sort of a piece of meat. And he goes, 
donkey bone. <laughs> I, I think one of the ones after the rally, he had like it looked like everybody had a goat's head on their plate, where they giving you the stink eye, kind of the whole head with everything in it. And yeah. yeah, a lot of weird <laughs> stuff like that. No, I, saw, I saw that too. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not too, I don't too experimental with my eating. Um, Christian Parker asked Jimmy, you know Ricky Brayback? Uh huh. I was curious that he wasn't more emotional at the finish after last year. Oh, after last year. What happened with Paula this year and the first time an American has won the Dakar? Any insight on why? Um, no, I um, – yeah, I know him. I can't I can't comment. I mean, I haven't talked to him a whole lot. You know, I've texted him a few times since he's been back. And we don't talk about racing too much in the show. In fact, um, yeah, I don't even know if he's qualified to come back on this show. I mean <laughs> – I mean, we 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 usually only have uh, like guests once, yeah. Because they always come in here and they say funny things, like they they try to teach riding schools and. Um, <laughs> no, you can come back anytime. Those are just sound so, clips. So know? here's here so here's here's the thing. If if you want to, uh, actually, I know we have a question about it. So uh, Dan Ford, a couple days ago, he said, "Hey." Jimmy, Johnny, Skyler, and Ricky Brayback all hanging out in the same room. Tech Talk with a bunch of legends. Congrats on the hard work paying off at Dakar 2020. Um, they did the hard work. I just um, pointed them in the right direction most of the time. So, yes, those guys were hanging out here. We were doing, it was, I think it was right before we were doing kind of the last big um, rally training we did previous to the Dakar. And... So if you want to know which episode Ricky was on, <laughs> he was on episode number five of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. If you want to talk about, like, kind of a long time ago, uh, Andrew Short was on episode 18, and Johnny was episode 41, and that's the one that uh, Dan Ford was talking about. So, yeah, those... Uh, <laughs> That was good old times. Like that, that was Ricky was on at Ramiro's, and he was there the night that I had my 200 tequila. So mm. yeah, he was celebrating with me. That was my victory. He celebrated me with you know with me with my big victory. So I'm I'll, I'm celebrating in his big victory. But yeah, super super stoked and um, uh, on on all the American guys' performance over there. You know Ricky especially, and I I mean. Maybe we can get him on, uh, Chris, to talk about uh, that kind of stuff, but I'll let him talk about it. Not That's not me to interpret what someone else uh, thinks. Um, oh, Kevin Omo. Why did KTM not put a sixth gear in the 450 XCF like they did on the 250 and 350? Kevin, that is a great question, and I have the same question. I don't know why they didn't put it in there. Probably because... They can just take that SX motor and throw it right in the in the you know they don't have to do anything to it to make an XCF. So and in reality, you only need sixth gear to go really 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 fast. That you're probably like most riders are probably not going to run out of gearing on that bike unless you're doing you know desert racing and if you're doing like normal desert racing you can gear your bike up enough to make it go fast enough and still get away with kind of the, the tallish first gear but that brings up another question that's what this is that's what this notes for right here logan so this other guy that i know this guy andrew short anybody heard of him 
He was on Tech Talk. He just talked about it. Um, he called me up today. He's fresh back from Dakar. And he asked me, he said, hey, Jimmy, I was, on, I was on your website, and your guys, he asked me, were you the one that put that sixth gear in the, in the, in the KTM? Because he has a Husky FX, and he's doing the same thing. The guy hasn't even been home for two days from Dakar, and he's throwing a six-speed uh, into his, his bike. So, cause he, he's one of the few people that can use a sixth gear, by the way. So he called me up and was asking me about it. And I said, I don't know anything about it. The websites, um, tells you how to do it, but I was going to give him Trevor Hunter's phone number and have him call him and ask all the questions. So, um, I do think that it, that bike should come with a, with a sixth gear, but I generally ride the, uh, the EXC and it has a sixth gear cause I like to haul ass too. So. Is that a good answer, Logan? Yeah. I did okay? Huh? Good. So it's time for you to talk. Read me the next next. We get, where are we at? What do we got a question over out in the field? No. We need to You 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 don't you don't worry about that. You worry about that. Uh does the rally? The two fifty rally thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um Tomik Razor commented. Uh Hello, did any mo- anyone try to swap this non-adjustable fork with, let's say, Serif 250X fork? Will it fit? So Tomik is talking about the Serif 250 rally that Gabe is testing or tested. Um, no, we didn't try that. Uh, I'm sure somebody tried to do something like that. I don't know why you would, because you would have to update the shock uh, as well to match it and that's I think that would be a tall order um, so the answer is no <laughs> we didn't we didn't it, it, his question is will it fit um, I don't know uh, you know I don't know why you'd want to do it but you'd probably have to swap the tr- clamp over and then the clamp would have to be spaced properly and that fork is going to outperform that chassis um, quite a bit. It's going to have to be either shortened or you're going to have to lengthen the rear. Kind of a long reach. What does Meter X ask us? Is this street legal? Yes, it's street legal. <laughs> we answer all the questions here. And Tim Grouchot asks. Awesome review. Thanks, mate. Where do you think Tim's from? Australia. Not New Zealand. <laughs> Australia, yeah? Eh? Eh? Yeah. Not Canada? Also, that's good. That was a good catch, Logan. That's good. Um, one other question. Um, Vinny? Vernie? Vernie Ogden? Ogden? Ogden asks, and he's talking about the, uh, the JD Jetting Tuner video we have. It says, great video and info. It has helped my 19 KTM 300 XCW and it's a work in progress. I'm still having issues with the startup when I chop the end when I chop the throttle. Based on your description, it sounds like it is the red and blue accelerator pump setting. So um, I actually replied back to him on that on that video. And in my opinion, uh, when it's when it's startup, that's the green light. That's the very first setting. And in combination with because it's kind of like your pilot jet in combination with the green blue, which is the idle uh, setting on on that tuner. So 
Um, not necessarily the, the, the one we call the accelerator pump setting, which is red-blue, um, but the chopping the throttle, and I'm not sure what the issue on chopping the throttle is. Does it, does it run on or does it kind of, you know, detonate? Who knows what it does, but you didn't <laughs> explain. But the cool thing about that is, is it's e make big changes in, in a single thing. Just try, just if you're at three, go up to six and try it and then go down to zero and try it and see if you notice a difference but just one at a time and see if it fixes that individual thing it's so easy to do you can be riding along and i mount them on my crossbar pad and i push mode you know however many times to whichever button and i ding 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 and as long as you go back to zero throttle it makes the change and it works and you can test that stuff so easy so um my my take is it's probably going to be either the green or the blue green that's going to fix the startup and then uh chopping the throttle i'm i don't I don't know uh which it would be because it depends on what rpm you're chopping the throttle at that is making uh, a difference so vernie hopefully that's uh yeah that probably answers your question. What's I the think colors the, the colors for the idle circuit is blue green uh, when it's blue and green flashing at the same at the same time. Okay, back to the form. Rich Barrows asks, could FMF Mega Bomb headers give the CRF two fifty RX more torque low end? I would say they could. My experience with the Mega Bomb, specifically the Mega Bomb, the Power Bomb does the same thing, is it does something to the throttle response. But I don't, knowing FMF, they wouldn't sell it unless it boosted the power. They're all, they're really all about power. So if they don't see a power increase, they don't sell it. But I really like Mega Bombs, what it does to the, to the initial uh, throttle response. And if you're, if, if you, if you're getting a full system, don't be the guy that yanks the damn insert right out of it. Or if it comes with an insert, try it with the insert in and the insert out. Try it both ways because you might be surprised on, on how it affects that, um, that throttle response. So, um, okay. Yeah, Steve? I'm answering questions here on the Internet. Is that okay? Yeah, you're supposed to talk every. You're like you're starting to act like Logan. No, you told me to shut up. I interrupt you. I did. I, I need. I'm Your inside voice came out once again. Who would have thought that? <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed. You're allowed to. You're allowed. That rib must be hurt. You, you know there. what I'll say is, is Patty Blaze, who I think is pretty close to Ricky, right? Yeah. Yeah. She said. Well, so, so Ricky's so, not an emotional guy. Kind of holds that stuff in. And what I want to say is, those are just sound clips. You know, I mean. Who knows what he really said? You know, it's just fake news. It's fake news, right? Yeah. That's. Yeah. Did you get it off the internet? Kind of yeah, like, kind of yeah. like this show. Yeah, <laughs> like this flat track thing. That that was documented live. That was there was no filter there. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Even though I'm paying for it now. Logan, did I smoke you today? Yeah. What'd you learn today, Logan? Ride. What did I tell you? Uh, go deep in the turn and then hit the brakes. You need to go to the Danny Walker American Super Camp. That's a good school. Yeah, we had a blast there, and I was really impressed with Mr. Lewis, how he took it in. I learned something. You know, I, never, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I mean, you guys are way way above my league and everything, and I didn't know what was going to happen when Ego started butting heads. And you, 
I was impressed. It said a lot That, to that me actually was a good student. Yeah, I mean, at one point you said, I thought I rode a bike pretty good to the class, you know, because everybody has expectations. He is teaching you know, such I mean. a high-level skill. I mean, flat tracking, there is so much to everybody. It's like, it's just flat. I mean, you're just sliding. I mean, there's, there is so much to it. But he's actually teaching you how to do it like the pros. And it's it's he's teaching a very, very advanced skill. And I'm scared to teach people advanced skills because, you know, generally bad things happen unless you have the basics covered. And even me, was, I was there just breaking bad ha- or doing stuff that wasn't natural and kind of breaking what my my habits were telling me. But I've learned a lot about just, you know, I can feel how the bike's working and, and you know, in that environment and doing different things. And I, I, I had a blast. I thought it was I thought it was really fun to. Uh, to, to go try something new, to be, I mean, I mean, his instructors were really good. They all pointed, every time, it was kind of funny, because every time I was struggling with something and I could tell, they would tell me exactly, like, fix what it. I, they would, they would tell me exactly what I was trying to fix, and they would tell me exactly how to fix it. What, they, they, know, they identified exactly what I was feeling and said, you should do this. And I'm like, I'm trying. I'm really trying. <laughs> no, I think, it, I think it was really good. You've taken a couple things out of there, and, you know, Danny's supposed to come out and do a school with maybe his his uh, number one guy, Robbie Peterson. But I think I'm going to call him out. Danny Walker, you're too scared to come out and just <laughs> see if you can learn something from Jimmy Lewis. I, my, I don't know about, you know, I teach people how to, like, let the clutch out. And and uh, what else do we do? Oh, stay in balance. It's kind of important, right? Letting well, I go. remember. Uh, bingo? Letting go. Letting go. Letting oh, letting go of the bike. Yeah, not holding the the Honda fifty all the way till till it drives you into the ground and breaks yeah, your ribs. You should have let go. Yeah, because yeah. it's really not that far of a. Fall. I mean, your legs are kind of short, so it was kind of kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, back to the back to the thing. Uh, so, so Patty Blaze is Chris Blaze's wife, right? And and Chris Blaze had the same Dakar success that I did. He's also been on the podium, and he's also finished fourth. He was a KTM factory rider kind of after I uh, got done. So um, he was kind of a couple years after. I don't know specifically which, which years he was there, but um, so, so yeah, they, they're, it's, it's a small community. They're all high-des people. They're up there in the high-des. So, uh, you know, you're not going to blow your horn here. but I can't win. I think that's pretty cool that – you know, you you achieved your goals and things that you did, mm-hmm. and held those records and sat in those places, and are such a huge part, you know, of this next wave of people. You know, I come out here and I just drive around and I do some logistical things when Dim- Jimmy's doing some of these trainings with these guys. So I've met him, that, which is cool. So when but when, we just when, make it work. When, 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 don't interrupt when, me. I, no, I'm not So when Ricky <laughs> when Ricky talks about team, it goes all the way down to guys like George and Jim here. Who, when we do these trainings, we we're we're you know we're going out and you know watching out to make sure that, that nothing bad happens you know there we have whether we're taking gas to super remote locations or just have somebody close by in case something goes wrong we're tracking with you know we have a pretty elaborate tracking system that we're paying attention to where everybody's at and what everybody's doing so so but that's all okay i'm I'm, I'm, thank, you. I'm thanking you're you you're cutting me <laughs> off because you're a humble guy so I'm, you know, I'm sitting there with my wife, Karen. We're watching the Dakar like we have for a number of years. And I didn't know who Jimmy Lewis was a <laughs> long time ago. But anyway. What's wrong with you? So, <laughs> but we're watching it and I'm going, yeah, I've met that American, that American, that American, that American. All these guys have trained with Jimmy. 
and it's uh, that is pretty cool that you can be part of that. You know, you could be sitting here just getting drunk and being an old guy like me and breaking ribs out here silently. Or you that, can that's, be that's a, that's a Wait, popular popular pastime in Pahrump. Putting America up there at the top, and that's a big deal. And I reached out to Donald, you know, so that hopefully he recognized Casey Curry in the side-by-side, Jimmy Train. Just, just tell us who you trained for navigation in this rally. Um... So list the, the guys that came that came to the to, that came to the class were Ricky, uh, Andrew Short. Not class, but I mean they they came and they did they came and took my basic rally training class because I require that because it's like it's like I'm teaching you a new language and I want to make sure we're all speaking the same language. But it was so Ricky, Andrew Short, um, Skylar House came out, uh, Kyle McCoy who also finished, uh, Garrett Poocher, who unfortunately had a crash and did, did not finish but was running really well. Um, so Casey Curry uh, all and, the nav and, Sean, and Sean Bierman. Were all the navigators. Bierman um, uh, came out. Sean, <laughs> literally the day before he got on the plane to leave to go to Saudi Arabia, was out here uh, working with me on stuff. And and, and that at that point, I was telling him, I go, Sean, I you're going to be practicing for this for the first half of the rally. This is, you know, and, and they, they came out a few times earlier in the year, but just it just schedules and time permits. And then um, Austin Jones and Kellen Welch. And Kellen is another former KTM factory rider who spent a lot of time over in Dakar. He probably has, Kellen might be the most experienced Dakar um, person because he, he was in Robbie Gordon's truck for almost all the years the year that johnny campbell wasn't in there <laughs> so um there's a there's a there's a it's funny because before i went you know i mean originally started american participation in dakar was chuck stearns who was a, a southern california desert racer who got the opportunity to go over and he rode a Sonoda yamaha and i didn't know a whole lot about chuck i learned more after he had passed away from um, some some of my friends that are checkers and uh then Malcolm Smith actually went over, but he kind of—I I believe he did it more as a journalist in a in a in a in a kind of a support car, and then and then Dan Laporte and <laughs> Dan Laporte was my teammate in 1997 when I got to go back my second time, but I always joke with Danny that Danny did it as a French guy. <laughs> Laporte, Danny is the is is. The same year as Brad Lackey won his first World Motocross Championship, Danny won a 250cc World Motocross Championship as an American. He, he was he was an American guy, and then then he, as things progressed and stuff, he was doing off-road racing and doing all kinds of stuff. Danny is one of the most talented uh, motorcycle racers, most diverse motorcycle racers I've ever met. But I always joke with them because he got second in Paris to Cape Town one year. And so he is the up until Ricky was the highest placing American that did it with a French passport because um, <laughs> he couldn't have done it as an American because they went through countries that Americans were technically not allowed to be in. And I know a little bit about that, too, because I got flown into Libya for to avoid terrorism one year. <laughs> so um, interesting. So, well, oh, yeah, I we don't start it. We don't. You should we don't, have a sip of tequila over there because your glass is clearly not going down like mine. Because you because you because you want me to quit talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take this thing over and run it. OK. Read How many the, people like that? Give me some likes here. Oh, should Horner nah, nah. take this over? Actually, you know? if you if you liked it, send dollar bills. Don't yeah. don't those Let's little talk those about little sponsorships thumbs. a little here. It's work. So, it's it's a work in progress. I'm I've been working all that time when I say I can't come out and play. You guys are out in my garage like cleaning carburetors and like you know Jimmy. When are you going to come out and show me how to water the flat track? 
Yeah. Because I'm kind of particular about that. Kind, and by the way, I do. I'm particular about everything. You know, I, I know there's a bunch of people here. Oh, geez. You just blew up the face things with likes you know, or something. I always do. It's, it's my curse. <laughs> just got it's it. probably gay Hispanic males. That's why you talked about that. That's, right? that's why you have eight <laughs> followers now on Instagram. Twelve. I think I was up to twelve. I was surprised when I went live on the flat track. I think five, six people came up. Logan, how many followers do you have? I don't know. Doesn't your whole school follow you? No. No? No? Okay. <laughs> anyway, Jimmy's about to take a sip because I'm probably making embarrassing him. But, yeah, he, he – I, I think that is just so cool. I mean, it's cool that people I've met just being Jimmy's guy, spiritual advisor, and life coach. But, no, <laughs> just Jimmy's guy. Hey, George, you want to come down? These guys are going to be – I'm doing rally training. You know, we need to relocate cars. But – you know, I'm sitting there watching the Dakar rally, and for the first time, these American guys are placed first. I'm even getting teared up thinking about it. <laughs> you know, I'm going. I'm not very my emotional. My God, so. Jimmy Lewis is doing this, and I remember because I'm not a racer guy, and I don't follow that stuff. The first time I came out to help him with a rally training, he says, "Yeah, this Andrew Short guy is going to come out," and and I met Andrew in the roundhouse there, and he's limping around. I said, "Oh, you hurt your leg, you know, or something." He says. And he's such a good guy. He says, yeah, he's just a good man, a family man. He says, yeah, I, I heard it in a race a couple months ago. And then I'm, you know, walking around, whatever, you know, Google him. In a race. Short. I go, oh, yeah, I saw. Jesus Christ, this is a Dakar here. I saw all this and everything. And, and the cards he was dealt this year were not good. And I think he handled them real well. Yeah. And I, I want to. You know, if he chooses to, I, I hope we see him back and in the mix and everything. And I, I don't know. He's a guy to follow. He's he's just a good man. He's really impressed me. He's a nice guy. Yeah, it's prob- probably probably one of, probably one of the nicest motorcycle racers I've ever met. Just like, I, and I, I've known him from when I was a journalist. When I have to interview him and stuff like that, he was always so cordial and nice. He's almost too nice. It's like you always you wanted him to kind of get mad because then maybe he'd say something that he wasn't supposed to. Well, he, it, we were talking, and he says. You know, I've known, you know, I've heard about Jimmy, met him a couple times or something. He says, I really kind of thought the guy was an a-hole or whatever. <laughs> but then I started wanting to get into this rally thing. And I heard, oh, Jimmy's the guy to go to or whatever. And, and so I did. He says, I'm kind of figuring Jimmy out. This is good. You know, I like him. This is a great guy. Don't, don't, yeah, don't say that out loud more. <laughs> You're not allowed. <laughs> uh, it's good good times. I mean, it just it just motorcycle people in general are really, really just just i i like motorcycle people i like dirt bike people and uh yeah so hey and 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 by the way andrew's the one that told people on this podcast to ride with their feet down in the sand so don't go to his riding school well i got you know i got <laughs> but but uh, that i got to take something back he definitely can ride through the sand dunes without a tire. And if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen the video, uh, go okay. So follow Andrew Short. Go follow Andrew Short on his social media and roll through his things, and you will see he had th- something like uh, he was dealing with jet lag, like riding through the sand dunes with a without a tire in your rim. And and the only reason he didn't have a tire in his rim because he was such a nice guy that he gave uh, a KTM. Team. He's on a Husky. And they're kind of the same, but not the same. He was on a Husqvarna, and he gave his his wheel, which had a good tire on it, to Toby Price. Uh, you know, competitors are allowed to um, share parts and and and. And uh, Andrew had got some penalties and some mishaps, he, he, so he was really out of the mix for a podium deal. Toby was still kind of still up there. in there. I mean, yep. you know, whether it's a team decision, 
that's just the kind of guy he is. And he gives the guy his wheel, and I see this video, and he's going up this thing. And I'm, who is this? Who is this goon riding off the back of this motorcycle? That's supposed to be Andrew. And I'm like looking at it. I'm going, I got to talk to Jimmy about this, see if this is the right body position and all that stuff. And I'm looking at it, and I watched it about three times. I go, holy. That's a rim. There's no tire on this thing on a dune I cannot ride up. You know, I don't know. I couldn't ride up that thing. And he goes up there, and I thought, man, that really kind of... It's it, it's a it was a big statement to me of what these guys are going through out there. Yeah. You know, and in the this oh, morning, it, it, seeing what these guys were posting, I can tell Casey Curry and Rick. You know, they miss being there. You know what I mean? They, oh, they really yeah, yeah, miss yeah. being there. After as happy as they're I, 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 I will I will tell you I will tell you from having done that, you, you get so focused on what you're doing, and when you get kind of injected back into normal life, whatever your normal life is, it's it's painful. And what you hated three days earlier, I mean, I, I kid you not, when I, was, when I was racing rallies, you get 7, 10, 12 days into the rally, you're, you, you, you wake up in the morning and it, you just had the worst sleep and miserable, cause, well, I was in a tent, because um, that's the way we did it back in the old days, because it was all uphill and snow both ways, but we were in a tent, and you can't wait to get on your motorcycle. About 10 minutes after you're on your motorcycle, you can't wait to get off this stupid thing that had, why does it only have two wheels and why is it cold? You know, why all day long? And you just say, because all I want to do is actually eat. I really want to get off this motorcycle and just eat. And then you get done. And remember me talking earlier about food. You get off your motorcycle and you're walking to the, 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 the food tent. Well, you usually have to wait like three or four hours so that they start serving food. But you're walking to the food tent and you're going, oh, no, what are they going to serve me? I can't wait till I can go to sleep again so that I can, like, not worry about riding motorcycle and eating. And then the cycle repeats itself. You, you literally, like, all you want to do is the next thing. But you don't have a phone. You don't have, you don't have to talk to people. You don't have to answer emails and all the, you know, no interviews. I mean, Ricky's probably going through interview hell right now. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. That's why. No, I didn't. I didn't call him and ask him to be on the podcast. When he's ready, I, it'll be way better if I if if he comes in here on his own time when he's ready. Uh, you know, and, and it's funny because all of them right now are saying I'm taking a month off motorcycles, which I totally recommend. But I guarantee you, in None one week, I, in one week, they're just going to want to go ride their dirt bike. Yeah, that's what they're good at. He wants a sixth gear in his Husky. Yeah, he's already. putting the sixth gear in there. I don't know where he's going to use sixth gear in Texas. He's been home 35 hours or so. Yeah, he, he's, he'll he'll call me. He's going to go on a ski trip for the family. He's going to have a good time, and then he'll call me up. Let's, let's go rip through the desert. <laughs> so, yeah, sixth gear. So uh, okay, we got it. We got a lot of questions there, Logan. What do we got over there? Uh, okay, I'm going to answer this one. Robert Walker, lots of Honda 250L power out there. Questions out there. What's the best three upgrades for more power? Well, Robert, um, I'll tell you something. If you do one, you have to do another. It's all kind of a system. So what I would do is I would do something with. Initially, I would try something with opening up the airbox, adding a fuel tuner, and doing something with the exhaust so those three things in combination hopefully somebody has a good uh, setting someplace i'm sure there's a bald guy on the internet that probably has a, a video about it and he'll sell you everything you need so not me <laughs> but those three things uh go ahead jess jesse whitehead uh really interested interested in taco 
Tuesday, especially KTM dome washer and thermo setting talk. I had a dome washer failure on the tat on my Husaberg 570. Whoa, Husaberg 570? Yeah, that... Like you teared up a few minutes ago when you're talking about me racing. Yeah. I tear up when I see the word Husaberg yeah, 570. I took the tires off those rims, by the way. It's sitting there because you might want to look at the tubes and see if, how you want to put it together. My Husaberg? The blue rims out there. Oh, wow. Because uh, they, they need, yeah, because those go on the Husaberg. See, it's the small people. Husaberg, Husaberg, yeah, my Husaberg's blue and, and it rips tires off the rim because it has quite possibly a lot of power so um so let me it has to be operator air so what the 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 the, what he's talking about here oh well so okay so he's so he has a couple code words in there it's actually kind of hard for logan to read this because there's code words in there so he's saying that we had a really interesting talk um talking about the um dome washer that's on the output shaft on ktm's huskies and husabergs you know they're all kind of the same i just finished finished changing mine you changed yours yeah because i i yours was leaking also yeah yeah so um and when he says t-a-t that's the uh, trans america tour and so he uses husaberg as a dual sport bike which it could quite possibly be the best dual sport bike ever because it has like so much power like i mean a lot of power like if you if you want to like roll the throttle on and it it, the the intake noise talks to you when you're like accelerating and like lifting the front wheel off the ground that's what a husaberg 570 does you've ridden mine by the way yet not yet not yet it sits there it's hanging out like when we're at the school you know how we all switch bikes yeah how come you don't jump on the husaberg 570 i don't know chicken i've only kind of like kind of like gabe coming out to the flat track Oh, because I'm willing it. That's right. <laughs> Gabe rides it. So uh, you should ride that Husaberg 570 on the flat track, and then the, all the dirt that all the dirt we spend the time prepping, it'll be in the neighbor's yard. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's get back to the question. Uh, let's see. Didn't break the case. Okay, failure. Dome washer failure that didn't break the case. It was probably torqued with an actual torque wrench, he says, with red Loctite. Uh, the Dirt Tricks washer, which is a high-quality washer. During my Jaylee check, I would check its tightness. That's where I screwed up. By manually checking it, I disrupted the Loctite and lessens it, its effectiveness. That my theory. At, that's my theory at least. My counter shaft also had excessive wear, so I'm sure that played into it. It's paint marker witness marks from here on out. Oh, so he agreed with us on putting the, the paint yeah. on the on the on the bolt on the washer and onto the sprocket. It's really not a problem. It I, those that th- those, I mean that, that's a that's a really tough place on the. Uh, I see you over there, Bob. I see. Hi, Bob. Bob Mojave. Bob is waving at me, and I'm going to get back to the question. But if he keeps waving me like that, I'm going to turn the camera around on him and we will watch him run around here like a rat like you wish the the rats would run away like like bob does when you point a camera so back to the thing those those sprockets i mean you think about how many thousands and thousands of bikes have this setup and stuff on them and it's it's a good thing it's just you got to be careful when you assemble them and they do use loctite on them and like he said there there could be some failure points on it and george is going to tell me what happened to his well i was going to say you know, I saw that, I think, even before the bike was out here. You kind of, the symptom of the inner seal is the starring. You know, you see the oil from the, from the washer going yeah, out. Yeah, working its way out. Yeah, and I, 
I saw that, but I, you know, I'm learning from you. I just, you know, I don't care. That's not even enough oil to worry about. It, it has to, it has to drip on the. I mean, really, if if your bike's leaking oil and it's it's making, there's oil seeping down out of a valve guide or out of the valve cover, or maybe a little bit out of the base gasket or someplace in the center case, out of the ignition wires. I've seen oil get pumped out of, you know, the wires that come out of the ignition, huh? or out of the. Yeah, like like we're get oh if, the charging wires yeah the, charging wires yeah put charge. a, put a hundred thousand miles yeah. on on yeah. a, a dirt bike and I I'm promise you what ignition wires you'd pump oil through so. yeah yeah well just there's pressure in there and the wires come out of the the, the outer where the stator is so it's the wires that go to the stator um, that that happens but unless it's dripping on the ground I'm not really too concerned with it I mean if you want to know how much oil it takes just take your bottle of oil and spill some on the ground right. And the spot on the ground from your little spill out of the bottle, like three or four drops, is going to be huge. Well, I learned that at work. I, so with the police <laughs> department, you look at blood on the ground or whatever. Oh, no. Here yeah, we you go. You see a pretty good blood stain. That's nothing, you know. Let's not talk about Horror. blood and all that stuff. But, and this this but show, no, anyway, no racing, no, you know, no blood. You were talking injuries. about the, the washer and the nut and everything. I think that nut has a cutout in it. It's not really... Squish it squishes the washer down, but it bottoms the nut bottoms against it, it, the sprocket. It, it does. It has a step. It's got a little release yeah. reveal there. Yeah, we went into this in pretty heavy detail on the on the other show. So if you if you if this is really fascinating you right now, more than like watching me and Logan and George here, um, you can go back to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday number forty four, and uh, no, or is it the Tour of Idaho one? Which one was it? 44 tour of Idaho. Sure, Anyways, Idaho. you just got to listen to all of them and pretty soon they'll all be up on uh, the YouTube, the, no, there'll be podcasts. So, um, yeah, is this the next one? MP. MP says. Was excited until I saw the co-host. See, this is putting the pressure on you guys. No, this is an old one. Uh, no, this, this is on the website. Uh, uh, this, Hey. This was just on off the last show, so we're not going to name anybody, um, Taco Mike. Uh, but so everybody comes here to see me, and then they look and see you guys, and then they decide whether they're going to hang around. But we're at forty-one right now, live viewers. So you guys yeah, are doing. Yeah, it's a little weak. You're doing okay. It's a little weak. So Vic, Victor promised us he was going to blow our numbers up today somehow. You know, you got to get Victor out. People have to. The we people. Got, we got to meet Victor. Right to know Victor's hey. got to come here get his gear. I, I was gonna guest host. I was gonna send it to him, but he went to Mexico for a little while. So he's back. He's back. So I got the gear. It's right there, laying on the floor. It's ready to be shipped. But I keep waiting for uh, the uh, helmet test, and there's a helmet question in here. Okay. Somewhere. So we're gonna keep going down the line. What's the next one? John Mullen. Okay. Can you start uploading these po- to podcasts again? I listen to them while I'm while commuting. Gabe's probably failing at something here, huh? Well, I'd like to blame Gabe, but um, let's just do it anyway. Okay, so I would. Ha- they would be if Gabe were more proactive, he would have the whole podcast thing figured out. But in reality, um, Gabe is working to the level he's being paid, <laughs> and that's a problem because I told Gabe, I've told Gabe since day one that that look, um, when when. DBT make makes money. You're gonna make money. Mm-hmm. So, right now, I sh- like Gabe um, is almost paying me 
Because he drives over here in his car. I mean, I'd give him a motorcycle, but he likes driving his car. Motorcycles come with free gas most of the time no, from here. Yeah, sometimes they're empty, but most of the time they're full. But now he drives his car over here. So Gabe is paying to work for you right now, you, all you people. But pretty soon we're going to have sponsors that actually uh, float enough money so that Gabe can put them up on the podcast world. We're going to do it like we're going to have a we'll have a fancy song at the beginning. Didn't we talk about the song the one time? Yeah. We had a discussion about that. It's about 12 episodes ago. That's a bad idea, but I think we should do it anyways. Yeah, especially since this tequila is starting like to kick in. Just like the clothespins. Oh, that's, oh, that's about the same. <laughs> that's an inside joke. <laughs> yeah, how about a shout-out for Gabe? Yeah. I mean, Gabe's a behind... You were trying to mention behind-the-scenes people. Uh-huh. Gabe is a behind-the-scenes guy. And uh, start clicking them buttons and liking Gabe. Yeah. Good for Gabe. He hey, Gabe, it. what's your social media channels? You got any? He's not allowed to be no, on social media. No, he doesn't media. do the social media thing. He's still pure. We should love him for that. <laughs> okay, what's the next? What's the next one? What's that one? What's What's Evika KX450 say? Make off the, take off the headphones. It's so stupid, but good show, guys. But Howard Stern does that stuff, right? Okay, I put the headphones on because I want to look stupid. No, <laughs> believe it or not, but um, you do it well. I know. <laughs> Why are you watching? That's what I want to yeah. know. Like, what are you doing watching? If, if <laughs> this, <laughs> oh boy, this is going downhill quick. So no, the that's headphones. Good if that's all you got to say. Take off the headphones. Really? That's the only thing we're screwing. That's the only I look thing we're stupid. You should. You know what? <laughs> Follow Jimmy and all those, and look at me going down on that fifty. If you want to look stupid. Well, it's okay. So we left Logan without he- bike set We left Logan way. without the headphones right now. But the reason that I'm wearing headphones, and this is just something like I'm going to talk about, like, you know, sound and uh, uh, which we're, we're frankly, we're horrible at. If anybody knows anything about sound, they would notice this. But I'm, I'm wearing them because it allows me to hear uh, certain things that could be bad uh, to you and, and bad uh, uh, other ways. And it kind of. You know, I, I don't even know what it does. So I, I just think it looks cool. So we'll just be in a disagreement. Next question. Uh, Joseph Castleman. Yep. Next week, how about tire selection for 20 Street 80 Dirt? And your personal setup on your 350 and 500 EXC. So tire selection. Um, so that's he's talking last week from the video last week, uh, and he's talking about this week, which is now. So Jimmy Lewis runs Kenda Parker DTs 86% of the time, uh, front and rear. And then I switch my rear tire over to a Kenda Equilibrium. Um, sometimes when I'm going to be doing more uh, technical trail riding, um, when I want to get traction without spinning and I'm not going to be like kind of racing, I'm going to be more really putt putt trailer riding. I run the equilibrium. Uh, and then every once in a while I will run a Kenda Ibex. If you notice, I said Kenda three or four times. That's because Kenda helps me out with my riding schools. They support my riding schools. And so I really, uh, I I've, they are really good tires and I would probably buy those tires. Um, if I were having to pay for tires, but you know, George, since I smoke people all the time on the flat track, um, Kenda gives me tires. Yeah. Is that, 
yeah, that's your flat track. It's my flat track policy. You saw the roost you know, coming I'm off kinda, my tire. And, so and, speaking and, of that. And they know I have a Husaberg 570, which, like, just eats <sighs> tires. I mean, their tires last way longer than any other tire on my Husaberg 570 while it throws roost. You can ask Big John about this. He's been a co-host on the show, too. And he just has to—he hates riding behind me because he's just constantly ducking because my Parker DT is just throwing— Via the Husaberg, throwing so much roost, it's like somebody's shoveling dirt on him. And you're silent. That's perfect. <laughs> well, you know, you, the tire thing, I've kind of changed gears on all that because I've chosen. And those those Kendas, they, the, you got to look at the soft rubber, hard rubber thing. People go, oh, I want these this brand tire because they last so long. I'm in venture bike riding. I want to do that. And I'm just like, you know screw it i'm gonna buy a good soft rubber tire that's gonna give me traction when i want it because i don't want to fall down on my butt and break a rib you know and you put cheap tires it was bike setup that's why i crashed that 50 i was just sending it in there you, you know pull it up you, but you, anyway, you, you I learned, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go back you were on some really good tires but i'll get back to that later but i'm gonna pull one for my buddy jim you know you get you get cheap or whatever you say i want to i want these tires to last forever so i'm gonna get these cement cinder blocks you know that are zip tied to my thing and they're going to last you know 12,000 miles or whatever and when they don't have traction when you need it you're going to feel really good about having that extra money on the tires you didn't change in your pocket when you're laying there on the side of the road you're going to go yeah that that hundred dollars I saved over this amount of time so I've kind of changed it just just change your tires and keep the soft stuff if you want traction if you don't and you want distance be my guest. Yeah, I, 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 so attraction isn't free. And generally when you get a really long wearing tire, it has to do with the compound of the rubber and stuff. And so that compound probably is not like gripping. And it, that's what causes wear is the, is the tire, you know, gripping and, and being able to kind of dig in or hook on, on things. Why would so, you want that? Why would you? Why would you want your tires to grip the road? Actually, <laughs> any Anybody place. Know hey, why would you, you know why? Yeah, yeah. It's it's silly. A, and and the good thing about the tires is for you know for most people they they're easy to change. Well, I have some videos about how to change tires, but anyways, you can you can change the performance of your bike with a tire change. There's a lot of it, tires are it, it's it's what's connecting you to the ground. So that being said, and I just you know said like all the Kendas that I run, the Kenda tires, there are other really good tires. Dunlop makes really good tires. Bridgestone makes really good tires. Michelin makes really good tires. Maxxis makes really good tires. They're and they're, they're all just a little bit different. It's like flavors of ice cream. You know, you go to 31 flavors. There's 31 flavors, and we all three walk in there and we're all going to get something different because that's what we like and, and not to say that you should get stuck in a rut and and if, if you're if you're starting to feel something like i wish my tire would do something better you know hopefully there's a source of information out there uh, check dirtbiketest.com uh, because we have a lot of different tire tests up there and you can learn a little bit about different tires there's there's certain tires that have certain characteristics that that are better some are better at like you know bump compliance and chassis the way they make the word chassis work like so motocross tires the two big brands were dunlop and bridgestone forever dunlop bridgestone at least in the united states when you go over to europe then all of a sudden it's michelin and 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 you know metzler had a had a had a voice there but so dunlop and bridgestone and Dunlop makes really good tires. In fact, they win almost every motocross and supercross race, all the amateur racing, you know, they are the tire in that in that realm. 
but I always preferred the Bridgestone over the Dunlop. And the reason was, it wasn't that it was, it, I turn, Jimmy Lewis turns at a Bridgestone lean angle. Like when I go into a turn, the way I want a tire to feel, it, the way it hooks up, it, you know, so like for, for me, riding on a, on a Bridgestone was really good. And in fact, I, per, I preferred the Michelin's over the Bridgestones. I per, oh, the Pirelli's. I'm sorry, Pirelli's were big over in Europe. Per the, preferred the Pirelli's over the, over the Dunlop. And it was, it was just personal taste. And not to say that 80% of the people we had testing with us and stuff disagreed with me when we talked about this. The guys that didn't care what brand it was, they just said this is how it worked. So it's, you know, it's, it's kind of all on, you know, you you have to try this different thing. So if you're if you're struggling with something where your bike doesn't feel like it's working, man, change the tires. So easy to to try something different. You know, talk to Maybe your buddy. That's my problem. Yeah, <laughs> you listen to me, and you've got Kendas. No, I'm gonna change tires. You're on, you were on fifty. You, you were on Michelin's today, by the way. Fifty. You had like you, fifty-six pounds of pressure in that front 30, tire. No 30, 30, 35 front and rear. But you know what? If you, if you talk to any of the guys that know anything about mini bike racing, you run like you run mega pressure in the tires because on a fifty, like if that tire like squishes down, you lose you know you lose speed. You you want it to be like a cement wheel at that point. You want it to roll really fast. That's why I told you to get off that thing. I I said oh, from the you minute you warned me several times. The minute I, the minute I saw you riding around on that thing, I said that looks dangerous, right, Jim? I was like I looked petrified. You, you might as well have just taken your feet off the pegs and rode through the sand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I was doing fine on that thing, yeah. sending it out both feet on the pegs, <laughs> right until it all came apart. Hey. There's a bunch of stuff on here. So Vic, Victor, what, what did he say? What did Victor Wait, say? Oh, up, he's... No, he commented on my thing. That video of George spilling the, spilling the Menudo on flat track is funny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Victor, thanks, Victor. Okay, like okay Victor, here's, Victor actually asked on the video. I saw that on the video. He asked, hey, how can I get invited out there? You have to come and be a co-host on Tech Talk. That's what you have yeah. to do. Because you, you have some yeah. interesting stories. Um, uh, cause I, cause I, <laughs> man, you ride some pretty cool places down in Mexico and, and, and then he, he, he's a CR 500 guy. So we know he has mental issues <laughs> and, and then he's riding XR 400 and B to V wearing Levi's. So he's, he's okay. He's a regular stinking dude that's in the dirt bikes and that's great. He's a real deal. Yeah. And, and like his popsicles are off the chart. So you have to bring popsicles and then we'll dip them in tequila or whatever we so, do here. Let me, let me interrupt. It's like eight thirty. Uh-huh. And I gotta relieve myself. <laughs> if you don't get a bunch of likes, I think you should just shut this down. You can leave. Go People ahead. People need to start hitting that. I because I know how much that means to you. You no, know, emotionally. That thumbs up. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Um no, no, you, you, you I'm go. Gonna, no, I'm gonna excuse myself. Yeah. I'll be back so you can talk about it. <laughs> oh, Jesus blew up you, the thumbs you up. Take thing. my uh headphones. Hey, Logan, you wanna look stupid and wear headphones? <laughs> <laughs> he hears like a seal, right? Yeah. A dolphin. <laughs> okay, those things work better like that, I've heard. So, um, okay, so tires. Um, Joseph, I like I said, I run the Kenda Parker DTs. I think they're a great choice, especially out here on the West. Um, but there are lots of there's lots of choices uh, for for tire tire tires dual sport tires. I think you're asking about a DOT tire specifically, and that's the good thing about the the Parker. Um, you know, if you want to go on like kind of the one end of the spectrum, there's the Dunlop, the D six hundred six, Pirelli. Oh, what's the um, 
you know, actually Dunlop just re- released a new one that was the that the guys used at the ISDE. Um, so there's um, uh, don't put the TKC80s on the ones that come stock on the, on the bikes. You just want to make those go away. They're more for street riding, but lots of lots of choices in that market. But that's what I run, and uh, I would I have not met anybody that actually gave them a fair chance by the way run the parkers in the hard direction hard direction only not the other way um mp says you're talking me into it only decision in whether to keep my 500 excf or to sell it so MP is talking about, uh, he watched my KTM 300 video and said that he wants to buy one. Um, it, you, you have to keep both of them. I mean, why I mean, why wouldn't you have like a 300 and a 500 and next thing you'll have a TTR 125 and be doing flat track in your neighbor's yard? It's the way it works around here. <laughs> so um, onto the CR450X and Dan Troutman commented, hey, bud. Sounds like Ricky. <laughs> hey, bud. I have taken some bikes to George at ESP. Great work in the past. No complaints at all. I'm ready to pull the trigger on the CR450X. Yay or nay? Um, yay. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you? I mean, if you're if you're considering it, I don't know what you're coming off of because you didn't. Um, I think he was watching our either our our tech talk with George or a CR450X video. If that's the direction you're going, you're not going to be disappointed. And 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 uh, his George's small suspension work made that bike really really good. So I'm missing. I miss that bike, especially you know when I'm going fast across the desert. That was a really really good bike for that. I had a good time. So Joe Doyle asks, what does he ask? You better pull that thing down. Oh look, it's a question for you, right there. Jimmy yeah. and help. Logan. Yeah, that's your name. You should you shouldn't mispronounce your name. <laughs> How do we pull follow it, you? Pull you that have, she- does Logan have an Instagram hashtag thing or anything? Yeah, he has. It's no. like Logie something. He doesn't use it. Why no. not? What's your race number? Seventy-three. Well, now it's three seventy-three. Logan three seventy-three, right? Yeah. You did well out there racing with these old guys. You podium, right? Yeah. Sometimes. Okay, back to the question. Don't let George distract you. What helmets do you both wear? What helmets do you recommend for the best safety? I have a Troili SE4 with MIPS poly shell made in China. Chino, not China. Yeah, which I... Would I be better off with a $500 carbon SE or a Bell Moto 9? Does the material make a difference? He asked you that question, so you have to answer it. I'm not done with my tequila either. (laughs) I wear a Suomi because my dad got it for me. Well, your primary (laughs) sponsor is here in the audience, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and and, uh, does the material make a difference? I don't know exactly what he means by material. The, he's talking about the materials in the helmet. So if you had a helmet made out of paper mache and uh, the foam out of your car seat. Then yes. It makes a difference. So yes, materials make a difference. Yeah. Right? Um, so 
What do you think? Would he be better off with a $500 carbon SE4 or a Belmoto 9? How fast does he go? <laughs> or how much does he land on you, you know, the, the No, the proper question is, how are you going to crash? Yeah. That's that's the proper question. Because if you tell me how you're going to crash, I will give you a more detailed explanation on the type of helmet you should be wearing. In fact, if you're going to crash at like really slow speeds and, and not hit anything, um, you know, that, that's, that's too stiff, you could wear a mountain bike helmet and be better off than if you're wearing a very stiff shelled um, high dollar uh, motorcycle helmet. Uh, so it, it really it really depends on on what you're doing. So I'm going to go back to my I, I default back to this all the time. The number one most important thing in helmets is. You know what you know what the answer is? I must have said this when you're sitting next to me. This is like a test at school. And if you if you give me the wrong answer, you're going to get a bad grade. How it fits. Right. Perfect. How the helmet fits. Number one, because that's an A plus, bro. Bro, that's that is the most important thing about your helmet. How it fits, and it needs to fit snug. Most people wear a helmet that's too loose. Um, uh, Bruce Porter from Arai used to used to preach this because he used to go to shows and he fit he custom fit helmets for racers. He custom fit helmets for me a couple times, and he would tell me how important the fit was. And luckily. I fit into a standard awry helmet, absolutely perfect. You know, into a medium helmet. I was a, I was a medium. It's called. He called it medium round. He said, "Bam, this is this helmet fits you perfect." And he didn't have to shim anything or do anything. Every once in a while, he would play with the cheek pads, especially on road helmets. I, I road raced once, and he tuned me into the helmet better that way. But number one, most important thing, fit. Number two, the only other thing. That, that when we did helmet testing, when I was involved in it, was that the lighter the helmet, generally the better it performed in tests as a whole. Like, like it's, it comes down to F equals MA. The more mass you put into the object that's slamming into something, the more force you have. Your head's a constant. If you can put a lighter helmet on your head, it was generally better. And here's where it gets tricky because it depends on what standard the helmet meets. The certain standards required heavier helmets, and therefore they performed worse in most of the tests, but better in catastrophic tests. Now, catastrophic tests were, 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 were you know, that's a super gnarly test, and generally. Yeah, it depends on how you look at it. Not super survivable, or maybe it's survivable. It's like borderline. So, a um, lot of lot of information there. But anyways, so no, so lighter is better. And you notice we haven't talked about price, right? We haven't said anything about price. And he he brought price up. Should I spend this much money on this helmet? I never saw any correlation with price versus safety, ever in any helmet test I've ever seen. Now, that's not to say that that certain higher priced helmets might have better quality control, have better fit, might last longer uh, features. I'm not, not fit because fits individual, but have better features, um, things like that. So you can do, but if you're adding MIPS and MIPS cost more or any of these rotational uh, dispersing um, elements 
and it costs more, I believe that that is an advantage. Like if you're going to pay an extra 50 or hundred dollars for a MIPS equipped helmet, do it. You know, and, and I haven't, I haven't done any personally done any tests. I've seen some test results in that. You've in a bunch of times though. Oh yeah, that that I mean, climb the climb cryos helmet with the with the with the with the the, 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 cor- the choroid. Yeah, yeah, torpedoed that sucker. Yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> and, you know, and 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 I sent and I sent it back to him so they could analyze it. It was know, brand you, new when I did it. You mentioned light, and I you know I rode a short while for the police departments and stuff, and all the old guys that did like 20 years, 25 years in there, they all had neck problems and stuff and so a lot of those uh they were sear helmets super sear i don't know if you're aware of that they yeah were, they were kevlar and stuff and yep. so the lighter the stuff really caught my attention and i always look for lighter helmets and stuff so I, for 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 comfort and no not for comfort oh, just for, for safety i want to ride forever and oh, okay. you know i don't want neck problems because i got five and a half pounds on my head rattling around you know <laughs> yeah so so uh, so what helmets do i wear i currently wear um a climb helmet quite a bit um the f5 uh the f5 choroid uh i wear a lot of vmar helmets um uh, uh it's funny because they used to be very expensive and now they're inexpensive but they're also still light they still fit my head really well um good quality helmets uh, i wear the climb f3 a bit look at that nice helmet over there i haven't had a chance to wear it because i haven't been uh haven't been uh with my camera yet to shoot photos on that thing and i haven't put my uh, special stickers on it oh the guitar yeah look at that that's a nice helmet you can look you actually if you're if you're listening when you get home from driving you can type in uh climb f3 helmet and you'll see the nice carbon helmet that's up in there bob had some issues with the carbon layup you know he's he worked in airplane aerospace industry and he said something about carbon but i mean that thing looks good and i don't think the structural stress of the you know who knows right yeah it's it's not flying right well it will when i'm on it especially when i'm on a husaberg 570 because if this was on my head and i was riding a husaberg and i twisted the throttle it would literally come off the ground and start flying I mean, my head. Yeah, you F told F me <laughs> other stuff I didn't believe, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a believer in most of what you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Christian Parker says he's finished with his first beer and leaving the shop, working late on the 790 that I'm supposed to ride. Adventure race bike and my brain cells won't take any more of Jimmy. See ya. Well, finally, there's a smart person in this group. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Okay. Um, hey, we're going to start. Do we? How many more questions do we One. got here? One. One more question. Okay, this is how we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Brad Lou, thanks for uploading to YouTube. I missed the live show. My bad. Gabe, that's to you. Yeah, thanks give for Gabe uploading to YouTube. Give Gabe some likes. Yeah, <laughs> give Gabe some likes. Because <laughs> he's... He's sure yeah, not. There's a bunch of stuff coming in. Victor has something. He wanted to know what the open face helmet was you're wearing at King of Motos. We should, you know, we should come back and talk a little bit about racing and stuff. Racing? Cut we it. don't talk about races here. Oh, yeah, we can talk we about racing. It off and- yeah, so I, I want to I want to let everybody go home and spend some time with their their loved ones and their family. Quit watching us so on the sucked into this. They're <laughs> discounting, <laughs> pushing aside all their family. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> hey, uh, Jay Middleton says Tech Talk Taco Tuesday is totally NMF. If what does you, that mean? That's a super secret thing, but uh, 
Let's not just say my... not my friend. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> it's a it's away. a it's a, it's a term of endearment. Trust me. Oh, okay. Um, it's kind of like when I say like I live in Valley of the Dirt People because I love it. Um, okay, running down here. Let's see, Mark Daniels, when you get support from a tire sponsorship, will you run those tires? However, I know that a given certain races and racers, they would rather put their preferred tire during their Baja race uh, selection because they work for them. Yeah, Mark, I know a lot of people that run different tires than what they're sponsored by and stuff like that, but you're not going to get that out of me. If I ran a different tire, I would probably tell you, and I would. I'm always trying to be really clear about when a company supports or helps me out. Uh, Canada does not support this podcast yet, but they should, because I <laughs> promise you, I can talk good about almost any tire brand. Well, most tire brands, I really can. And uh, because they have good tires that work at certain things. But um, the Kendas really fit for my schools. They're great things. So uh, good. Tequila popsicles. Uh, Bob, Bob, you would drive out here for that, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> your, hey, your wife, um, that's Katrina. Uh, yeah. How do you say that? You know how to say it. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Katrina? <laughs> so I think Victor, I Victor would bring... One, two, three, six, eight, twelve. Twelve pos- popsicles. That Tequila would be a popsicles. Sponsor, yeah. Right? Um, sponsor an episode. Yeah, he could sponsor an uh, episode. Uh, Baja Diaries, that's um, that's Mark. He's he's on. He's the one that did the video that's a love or hate relationship with the uh, CRF250L. You should actually watch his Honda or his KTM 7 or KTM 7 690. Husky 601 videos. Those are those are inspirational. Um, let's see. Rolling down here. Boy, you talk about helmets and you open up a can of worms, uh, George. Oh, wait. So how many who- people want to see Logan dressed as a crash dummy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for that a whole episode. We'll just smash Jimmy it. Lewis helmet. We'll, we'll just smash and Logan, it. Logan, have your sister paint you in those black and orange, you know, cross hair things. Hey. Hit um, that button. Yeah, hit that, some hit, hit, the hit that button. <laughs> hey, Logan, whose bike were you riding today on the flat track? My sister's. Yeah, there is she go. bummed? When's she going to come out to the flat track? I don't know. Who, 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 okay, this is how we're going to end this. Who on the internet wants to see Gabe versus Logan's sister on the flat track? We'll put it, we'll put it on Dirt Bike Test Live. Because she, she doesn't ride much, does she? No. Here, I'm, no. I'm just learning. Just okay, you're hitting the like button. I'm already. hitting. <laughs> wait, I'm hitting some laughies. <laughs> I'm hitting some O's. Okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for uh, uh, watching us. I know these things run a little bit long every once in a while, but uh, good good times. If you have a chance, uh, share this video. I know Victor does watch parties. They're probably hilarious. I wish I had time to watch them, but I have to um, do all the work that Gabe doesn't do on the uh, on the backside of this <laughs> program because he's out driving his car around, bumping his stereo, and wasting gas. Uh, he was here cool. He had a improv- Jeep and a dirt bike at one time. I remember that. <laughs> Back in the day, you had a Jeep and a dirt bike. He's right? into economy Gabe? cars. Yeah. Yeah. Got a Look good he. stereo. Oh, now he's giving us the evil eye over there. <laughs> we're, lucky, we're lucky we didn't take calls. <laughs> God. We're, the, so. we're their adult role models. You, can you believe that? No, they hate us. Kids hate us. Right, Logan? No. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna run you off the track next time. I almost got the kill button, didn't I? Almost. Almost. I thought you were just like touching me, and I was like, 
Oh, he's right there. Well, I know that's strange too. Oh, like touching yeah, kids. Touch. <laughs> I, I was asking you what you were. I was asking you what you were wearing earlier, and now I was trying to touch your kill button. How so. did I do? Out okay. There, on on that note, we're going to shut this show down. <laughs> but uh, we'll see you next week on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, and for George, uh, spelled Jorge, Jorge and Logan, we'll see you out in the trail. Cheers, guys. Yeah.